Every Thursday, we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey, do-gooder, what are you doing September 12th and 13th? You should join us at Raise 2022. It is one of my favorite virtual events of all time, uh, brought to you by our sponsor, One Cause. Listen, if you want a lineup of incredibly talented and smart human beings on fundraising and marketing and event planning, well, you need to make it to Raise 2022. Go to onecause.com forward slash raise Use the promo code DOGOOD22. It's for a $99 ticket that you'd normally pay $129 for, but because they are sponsors of the show and because they're amazing, they're going to give you a little bit of a discount. DOGOOD22 is the code. OneCause.com forward slash raise. Get your ticket today. I'm going to be there. You should be there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Listen, it's one of the most compelling virtual experiences that you're going to have at a conference this year. I hope to see you there September 12th and 13th. Hey, these... Ticket prices and codes are good till the 15th of August. Come and join us. Come on. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com, use the code word, do good better at checkout, and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So contact Brady Martz to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. And most of the times, the people that can actually help us do good better are the directors and the runners of small, medium-sized nonprofits, which we have a great one for you today. We'd like to welcome uh, to the show, Sarah Hewitt. She's the Director of Conservation at Audubon, North Dakota. Sarah, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Hi, Patrick. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to have you on today. And I think people who are listening or finding ourselves on, uh, I don't know, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever they find this delightful show, are probably super curious on what on earth does Audubon, North Dakota do? So if you could please delight us uh, with a 5,000-foot view on who you are, what you do, and why we're talking today. Absolutely. Uh, So Audubon, Dakota is the state office of North and South Dakota, and we are a part of the National Audubon Society. 
So maybe you've heard of the National Audubon Society, right? Um, and our mission is to protect and restore the places that birds need today and tomorrow. And we do that through science and advocacy. Uh, here in the Dakotas, as you could probably guess, a lot of our work centers around our grasslands. Um, and that's because the majority of lands here are under private ownership. And so we need to be working hand in hand with those private landowners to make sure that we are achieving our goals of protecting those grasslands, saving our grassland species that rely on those acres, um, and making sure that the landowners are fulfilling their livelihoods, right? Like staying on the land um, and keeping their natural heritage out there. Um, and so that really falls under the context of our, our working land strategy, which is part of the National Audubon Society. Um, and then we also have our bird-friendly communities strategy, uh, which kind of is seen more locally here in Fargo and the big, bigger cities throughout North Dakota. Uh, we have our Urban Woods and Prairies Initiative, in which we are restoring riparian habitat along rivers. Uh, here in Fargo is obviously along the Red River, focusing on bringing back native habitat, grasslands, prairies, and then um, enhancing our riparian woodlands too. So getting those invasive species out of there and reestablishing um, effective, good habitat um, along the rivers. So of course that's for habitat, right? For our beloved birds and other little critters out there. But then also the, that comes with a slew of important ecological services, like uh, it's reducing soil erosion, um, improving flood resiliency, which today is very apparent that we need, right, <laughs> with all of the rain that we've been getting. Um, so there's a whole slew of different benefits of establishing nat these native habitats right here in urban centers. Well, that was the question I wanted to ask you, too, is that it seems like Audubon itself would be like, well, it's the stuff we don't necessarily see all the time, right? It's the places far away from us. Right. Where um, a lot of the the center, you know, pieces to some of your programming are here in the cities. Mm -hmm. So, what sort of things in in city, or maybe even those who are listening who have a suburban home, it's stacked up to next to a bunch of people. I've got a lawn I want to keep up, but I also like birds. How on earth do I, as a average participant or someone who wants to help out, uh, mm -hmm. what can I do on a fairly regular basis to uh, to help you guys? Excellent question. Um, so this would lie really closely uh, aligned with our uh, Plants for Birds initiative, which is through the National Audubon Society. Um, and basically, it's promoting the use of native plants. Wherever you're located, use the plants that are native to your area, native to your soils, uh, because that's going to uh, increase the amount of habitat for our birds, our native pollinators, um, and like I was mentioning earlier, providing those important ecological benefits too. Um, so it will help you know, re reduce your flooding, um, improve your soil, um, and even do some carbon sequestration. So that, you know, obviously is really great for our climate. Um, so I would just adv um, advocate for folks to be um, planting native plants right in their own yard. So instead of going um, with annual flowers or cultivars, seek out different stores. There's a variety actually in the area that sell native plants and put those perennials back in the ground. 
Um, you know, that can be in just your, your um, flower area, or you could actually establish a rain garden, that sort of thing. Uh, you are, uh, you're speaking to one of my, uh, my dad fantasies, which is putting the entire, my front yard as an entire natural landscape. So I don't have to mow anymore. Exactly. And, and that's uh, another added benefit, right? And exactly. So you're, yeah. saving. You're, you're speaking my language. I really like it. <laughs> Plus it would look super cool on my block. Um, mm-hmm. What are, you know, the, working as a nonprofit, uh, you know, sort of leader is very hard. It's very difficult to do on a fairly regular basis. Um, but there's usually one or two stories that you just remember in the back of your head that even at the most dire moments of like frustrated fundraising or marketing or anything in between, you remind yourself, this is why we do what we do. Is there a story that you can share with us? Oh, I have a lot of those actually. And honestly, it always comes down to partnerships for us. So as a smaller nonprofit, you know, we only have like eight full-time staff, one temporary staff in the summer. We're small and we cover a huge geography, right? Across North and South Dakota. And so partnerships are key to our success and key to a lot of our other partners too. Um, And so I think the one that kind of stands out to me most would be, I guess, through our Urban Woods and Prairies Initiative. Um, So that started back in 2014 with just five different sites in, in Fargo here. It was definitely a pilot program. We received funding from the North Dakota Outdoor Heritage Fund to get that jump started. And, you know, years later, it's almost, you know, eight years later now, we have nearly a thousand total acres enrolled in that entire initiative. We've spread to um, about six different cities now in North Dakota, and it would not have happened without the initial partnerships that we set up here in Fargo. So that was with like the city of Fargo, Fargo Park District, and then even the city of Moorhead as well. Just having their uh, buy-in of the project and their partnership and their trust going through it, like basically allowing us to kind of pilot and test this initiative out on their beloved parks um, took took a lot right from them. Like they really had to trust that we uh, knew what we were doing and, um, you know, we're really going to fulfill our promises and we did. And um, that just really took us to the next level of being able to get additional funding from the Outdoor Heritage Fund and other sources like Game and Fish and the Minnesota Conservation Partners Legacy Grant to expand dramatically over the last three to four years And so to me, that has been one of our biggest success stories with Audubon Dakota. And that really all came down to the strong partnerships that we were able to establish just locally here. I think nonprofits who don't think partnerships are a benefit to them have this uh, horrific sort of um, mindset in which they think they're going to be stolen donors or stolen uh, ideologies. I'm like, that's not the case at all. <laughs> this is how you grow and this is how you scale and this is how you make more impact. So I love that as a thing. It's all not sunshine and rainbows and puppy dogs and ice cream. We all get that. Is there a challenge that uh, you have been facing over the last couple of years? How are you overcoming some of those? Right. So a big challenge that we are seeing here, you know, throughout the Dakotas um, and as a conservation entity is the 
continuous decline of our grasslands. Um, real high level there as a <laughs> you know broad challenge, but that's what is really driving our work here at Audubon Dakota is the loss of those grasslands and other native habitats throughout both of those states. And um, it's, you know, if you think on it too hard, uh, you can get really discouraged, but, and, you know, we do have a small team, so that can be really challenging as well. But our team is highly effective. We're young <laughs> as well. And so we're still very ambitious and working towards a goal of um, creating and implementing hopefully very effective programs on the ground. And like I had mentioned earlier, um, our working lands programs are really centered around our landowners, right, throughout North and South Dakota. That's where we're going to make the most impact um, as conservation entities. And so we need to be really strong partners and advocates for private landowners. Um, and so that's where a lot of our programs are revolving around. So we have our prairie management toolbox where we are providing cost share opportunities for, um, you know, grassland tools, management tools, such as um, grazing infrastructure. So encouraging people who are owning grasslands to actually have cattle out there um, in a rotational sense. Um, so it kind of mimics how the bison had utilized those lands eons ago. Um, and then we also have dollars available for cost share for prairie restoration or invasive species removal. And then in the past two, we've done um, prescribed fire, which is another very common disturbance element for grasslands and prairies. Um, so kind of mimicking lightning strikes and things like that. So native grasslands evolved under those disturbance events of grazing and fire. And so it's now important to still continue that type of management, but obviously in a more controlled sense. So it's um, very safe on the landscape. Um, so we have, like I said, that's kind of more of the toolbox. And then we have our conservation ranching initiative. This is more of a national initiative in Audubon where we are providing landowners or ranchers rather um, market incentives. So pre markets premiums to be implementing bird friendly management on their properties. Um, so they actually have to follow a set of protocols that it's third party audited. And it, in return, they get to have like this Audubon seal of approval on their packages of meat to show the consumers that this has been um, managed um, with the environment in mind. And then one of our newest projects is called the Conservation Forage Program. This was funded back in 2020 by the North Dakota Outdoor Heritage Fund. Again, it was one of their largest grants that they had awarded in North Dakota. And this, again, is providing a um, generous cost share and establishment um, funding for landowners. So it's encouraging landowners to put their marginal cropland back to grass. Um, and we're providing establishment payments over the first three years of restoration because those are years that, you know, they likely won't have an income on anymore uh, for the first three years as that prairie establishes and grows. It takes a while, it can be ugly business. And so we wanna be, you know, helping them through that financially and um, through technical support as well. And then we're pro providing cost share for um, the seeding, the seed labor, 
and then um, grazing infrastructure as well. So again, fencing and water development. That was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> All I can think about is I've been watching Yellowstone a lot and I was like, I think somebody needs to call you because uh, or vice versa. This is going to work out just brilliantly. <laughs> Stop thinking about it and it's going to be great. Um, as a nonprofit leader, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, things you've learned over the last couple of years, you know, partnerships mentioned one of them. Yes. Uh, and as a nonprofit leader listening to this show, always looking for something that they can use to bring back to their organization. Is there a tip or a trick that you could give uh, someone listening today on anything that you have found to be awesome in the nonprofit world that somebody could learn from today? So people may not want to hear this, but grant writing is very, very important. <laughs> I uh, got into, you know, I had never written a grant when I came into my position here with Audubon Dakota. I started as a um, conservation programs coordinator. And that was one of the first things that I got roped into was grant writing. And it, you know, I was, I guess, halfway good at it. And so I continued honing that skill. And um, that is one of the main ways that we fund our programming and fund our staff is through um, grants. And it's not just, you know, local level options, which are really extremely helpful to jumpstart programs, but it's tapping into the state and federal funding too. Um, and that takes a lot of work, um, but it pays off, um, especially when you're really diligent and build those relationships too with those funding agencies. So don't be afraid to like reach out directly to like the point, the project manager, the project officer to make sure that you're hitting their points um, within their grant opportunities. I love, I love that as a tip. I think it is uh, part of a leg of the stool in the fundraising and programming that you yes. have to have as a nonprofit leader. But what you said was really brilliant is don't be afraid to reach out to the granting agencies who want nothing better than to get grants they don't have to look at and go, oh, God, I don't want to reject this, right? Yeah. They want to give out money. That's yep. the purpose of their existence. And they want to help you get that money too. Don't think you have to do this in a vacuum. Ask the people you're going to ask for money on what they would like to see and to include, and they will tell you. That's absolutely yes. brilliant. Sarah, thank you so much for that. Absolutely. I think people are going to want to totally give money to you now because you've given them such uh, things, but they probably don't know how. Is there a place that I can go to give you a boatload of money and learn more about Audubon, North Dakota? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so you can go to dakota.audubon.org uh, to learn more about us. And then there's also a donate button there. There's also options or opportunities to volunteer. We have our um, Urban Stewardship Network, which is localized here, um, mostly focusing around our urban woods and prairie sites where you can go help uh, trash cleanup or collect native seed, plant pollinator gardens. We have an excellent engagement coordinator who runs all of that and sets up pretty like monthly events as well. I love That's it. That's one more way to help. It's super awesome. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Thanks so much for your Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so much for what you do. This is, uh, it was uh, super enlightening, A. Uh, B, you can do this stuff in your own city, folks. You don't have to be a rural agent of change. You can be someone in your urban setting as well, which is really awesome. Uh, but mostly, thank you so much for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you so much, Patrick.
Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free, because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well, because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer. And I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.